Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. This is our first, uh, I guess, quote unquote, normal episode of the season. We've watched a couple more episodes of uh, all the shows that we were talking about last time. Some were good, some uh, were bad, and some took uh, very, very, very bad turns, <laughs> as we'll probably get to. To put it mildly. So, uh, you know, we'll see what what shows passed the three-episode test and which didn't, but, uh, you know, I think there's still a couple of good things for us to, to watch, or at least interesting. We also had a couple shows that we didn't get a chance to talk about in the last episode that were either not out or we didn't have time to get to them, so we'll we'll get into a, a couple of those. So, yeah, to get things started, let's just introduce everybody. I'm Jell. I am joined by Iroh. Uh, I'm still here. Not dead yet. I am joined by G. What's good, everyone? And we have Zig with us this week, once again. I didn't anticipate that I'd be talking about perhaps the worst episode of anime I've ever seen, but that's how things go, I guess. Ooh, yeah, there's the... Fall season 2020, baby! Yeah, there's yeah, the teaser. All po- all 2020 never here. stops. Yeah, there, there's the teaser there for you. What what could have possibly been the worst episode of anime that Zig has ever seen? But I was uh, going to assume it was like an episode of like Digimon or something, honestly. But... <laughs> also bad. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, like that's not good. Let's just put that out there. But no, not that. Right, I, from what you guys were yeah, saying, the, some the, uh, from what you guys were saying, the new Digimon does have some contenders, right? It sucks. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure there's anything in there that would approach worst episode ever status, but like. What about, it's Kyle, what been... about the stuff in Common Rider? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's been well, some bad stuff, let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that in a minute, but first, uh, we had a couple leftover first looks I wanted to mention. I wanted to give a quick shout out to Kuma 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 Bear, which was I made a lot of jokes about, but actually turned out to be pretty fun. It is one of those, uh, I guess, uh, video game isekai, but like more of a slice of life thing with a female lead type show, which seems to be a trend like lately. Shield Hero. No, not Shield Hero. What's the one where no, she has a shield? No, definitely not. The, the other Shield, shield hero. hero. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, the uh, good Bofori. Shield Hero. Yes, Bofori is what Ira was talking about. Uh, well, what is the full title, please? Uh something i don't want to take any damage or i don't remember what the full title was oh fine <laughs> just go google bofuri you'll fake probably bo- fake bofuri fans but but she has she has a she has a shield yes uh in that one but yeah th- this one was maybe like slightly more serious because it's like true isekai oh, great. so like she's actually in a- another world but it's mm. also hard to take it more seriously because she's wearing a bear's costume um, oh is this but... some is this some like fucking I'm wearing the highest tier armor, which is the, like, goofy bear suit from that event or something. Yeah, kind of. I, I, I'm uh, not going to get sure. into like, to the whole, like, explanation of why she has a bear costume, but it, it, it's it's kind of, it's still that type of show. It's more of, like, the chill, laid-back, slice-of-life type of vibe, and, um, you know, it was pretty fun. I like that the main girl is not an idiot which also seems to be <laughs> like a trend with these shows. Right. She's actually like a 
believable, like likable human being to a certain oh, degree. Okay, not a gamer like, though. <laughs> like no, yeah, she actually has some human sympathy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like the, the the most shocking moment I think of this anime season was like if you look at her character design and think about what voice just imagine what her voice would sound like and then when she actually sounds like a grown-ass woman when she's talking that was like the most shocking right, moment of the season up. for me I'm, 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 I'm gonna look this up kuma 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 yeah bear. she looks like a little anime girl in a bear suit okay yeah uh, <laughs> so, so right. if you can imagine Stumble, what her... i'm gonna pull up this video <laughs> all right yeah all right i see where you're going bro huh. yeah so when she actually has like a normal human voice I, wow I, yeah. I mean I, I will admit yes i'm a little caught off guard shocked. here yeah i mean g- grown women characters in anime don't normally have grown women voices well they do so. reveal she's still a high schooler or something but she yeah whatever like, it's, it's that might as well be you know 30 in anime years that's yeah. table stakes at <laughs> so yeah it was a fun show uh there was also some controversy because the first episode okay so first of all Wikipedia says there's both a novel and a late novel series of this. I don't know what that means. Um, I like how those are clearly delineated from each other, though, that they are definitely they different things. I, I'm trying to think of like what amount of like high literature would uh, qualify being called a novel and not a late novel that would be related to this. Yeah. But uh, there are apparently also fans of this novel who were outraged because the first episode chose to adapt something from like book two when they're like deep into the story oh no and so like they don't really give you any explanation or anything they just kind of show you hey there's this cool person girl in a bear suit like kicking everybody's ass then huh this is kind of interesting and then in episode two they they go back to the beginning and kind of explain what's going on i mean that's one of those things where like if i'm a fan of a work like wonky pacing or wonky adaptation can can certainly get in the way of it but like I guess, I mean, you, since you're not a fan of the novels, I guess I have to ask, like, do you feel like that impacted your ability to enjoy the anime? I thought it was I thought it was actually a good choice because, okay. you know, we've kind of talked about this with other shows in the past. So we're kind of like diving right into it and kind of showing you, OK, this is what the show is really about, you know, take and then you, you can kind of decide, you know, is this going to be something I want to watch or something right away? Right. And it and. It was a lot more interesting what they did in episode one than if they had just started with, hey, here's this girl that gets sucked into a video game world or whatever. Right. And like, and then I would have just been like, uh. You I know. guess, you I, know, I guess that could work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that case, that doesn't seem that bad of an idea. It wasn't like it was super, confu- it's not like it's got a super deep, confusing plot right. here. I, mean, I, I was of... going to say that anime kind <laughs> of has a mixed legacy of starting shows in media, in media res, res. Yeah. so i'm glad that this one worked it out because it can be an effective narrative technique if you do it right and right. sometimes it becomes the, the 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 defining reason why you should skip the first episode of an anime <laughs> thanks gungrave does, oh, that's does a... gungrave do that i think it's Random gungrave there's a there's a famous examples. anime where like the first episode literally spoils the ending of the series oh jeez. And then episode two starts up like chronologically at the beginning. <laughs> oh yeah, we, you do get that sometimes where they'll like start fighting the final boss or something like that. Or well, like... I think my understanding is that the issue with the Gungrave anime is they literally showed the conclusion of the final boss fight in the first episode. Yeah, and that, then started the series. That's perhaps two. a bit too far. Yeah, but which... I mean, the only way you can do that is is by making that conclusion a fake out, right? 
Like, right. well, my understanding a... is that it was not a fake out, so <laughs> they fans just were pretty fucking yeah. pissed. Understandable. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, it, you know, it was a fun show. I, I, I put it in our sort of mid-tier of recommendations on the, sure, when I yeah. did our roundup. So, I, you know, if you like that kind of thing, it's a, it, it's, it's a fun well, show. Speaking of a thing that is kind of a mid-tier recommendation... Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about mid-tier? Everybody should watch this. Yeah, right? I, I feel uh, like that's damning mm, with fine prize. No, I look. I All right, okay. Well, so the show we're talking about is yeah. Let's um, say the name first. Moba Gay <laughs> adaptation. Uh, let's try here. Uh, Magatsu Warheist Zoist. Zoist. Yeah, not too bad. Magatsu Warheist Zoist. Um, apparently this is a, um, a pre-existing mobile game, a gacha game of sorts, and this is its, uh, this is its Rage of Bahamut, uh, in more <laughs> ways than one. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, from what, I mean, the game's not out in the U.S. yet, so I haven't tried it. I think it comes out this week, actually, but, um, so <laughs> I will give that a shot. report back, please. But from gotcha. what I've seen, from what we've seen of the game, it looks like it has absolutely nothing to do with the anime. Yeah, the, the way I put it after watching the first couple of episodes is this feels like an adaptation of, like, the story, the backstory of, like, the one and two star characters in that mobile game. Because the most interesting thing about this show is how seemingly low stakes and grounded the conflict is so far um none of right. us have played the mobile game i mean but... you say that g but the first the first yeah. thing we see is an entire city being destroyed in a gigantic explosion so... well zig but that's obviously backstory like Let the me... thing is that once we actually like focus on our main characters like yeah, I'm just saying like, that the stakes are not necessarily no, the as low can, as all that. I, I know the stakes can get higher. What I mean is that right now, like, the stakes... The, the essential conflict right now is over basically a botched, like, smuggling bust. And, right. and, and again, like, the reason why I'm saying this is because some of us have on our own time decided to look up this game because we're curious, like, are these characters from the game? Like, I don't believe they are. And they aren't. Like, if you look up art, like... The reason why I say these are like what the ma- the characters in this anime are like the one and two star equivalents of the characters in the mobile game is because the mobile game characters look like mobile game characters. Like, I don't right. even need to get into describing what that means. You already kind of have an image in your head of what that is. Whereas, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, the 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 show itself, like, it's... so yeah, we should point out because I think when we said it's a mobile game, it does invoke certain visual images in people's uh-huh. heads and if you haven't seen the anime it doesn't most of the characters don't look like that save for like the one five star uh magic waifu who's in the right. yeah and she sticks out quite a bit it has to yeah be everybody else is just like normal right. <clears throat> normal like... people in like normal clothes and <laughs> it's, it's like an interesting wait who are, who are you guys calling the five star the the mage lady if we're gonna compare her to the rest of okay, the okay, I would say I'm yeah. gonna be real, man. After seeing the art for the game, she looks like a three star at best. But compared to that, she's she's got like a weird anime outfit yeah. and oh, yes, like yes, her magic staff and everything. <laughs> Everyone else is like in pants and shirts. Like, I know, I know. Right. And the way gotcha scaling works, like she needs to have at least like thirty more tassels and pauldrons. Before. Well, she's she's like the she's like the the three star you get that can evolve to a five star. Fair enough. Fair but enough, uh, sure. anyway. But also the setting is also like this kind of like vaguely like early twentieth century type of. Uh, it's uh, it's Valkyria pretty, Chronicles. It it's pretty close to being something which we don't see too much in anime, which is low fantasy. 
Um, you know, it feels very urbanised. There's cars and guns and kind of there's there's an appealing bit of griminess to the setting. Yeah. Which I'm but it's not like mo- it's not like modern cars and guns. It's like like I said, like more early twentieth century. Yeah, like type of like if if this thing has an aesthetic, technology. it's prohibition era America. Yeah, I mean, again, that's why I said like I feel like. As as reductive of a comparison as it is to make, I do think the Valkyria Chronicles comparisons are not entirely unheard of. Like this is definitely going for that sort of like it's like that World War Two slash interwar period <laughs> of of time, right? Like you got people with like bolt action rifles next to people with like magic staves, and like you know a dude with a katana. <laughs> Hell yeah, and. Yeah, like, I guess the reason why I think it's interesting and the reason why I still say that this is a medium-tier recommendation is... I don't... It's hard to tell where this show is going to go, and I don't think that any of the characters themselves are that interesting. Like, the premise and the conflict they're wrapped up in... Like, this is one of those few situations where this plot is actually being carried by the actual plot. Not the characters, like, right? You know, like you have the delivery yeah, driver great. who's like very much like, ah, worst day. You know, all it takes is one bad day to you know send your life careening out of control. You have your fucking cop ass goody two shoes, you know, shonen protagonist on the side of the cops, the cops basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you got your evil lieutenant. You got this mysterious, you know, brown skinned waif who's like infiltrating the. I I will say uh, you know, that I was um. I was pleasantly surprised by the way they uh, cast the lieutenant as, um, you know, happy, cheery, you know, welcome to the club stuff, and then, you know, just have him shift into psychopath mode. I was quite taken in by that. It, it works well because, like, it's a thing you can actually believe quite readily, right? Like, the way military structures and police... Any any authoritarian structure is, right? Is if I'm, you're nice my new, fr- I'm nice to the new recruits. Yeah. Yeah, right, like, you know, nice to new recruits, put up, puts up a good face, right, to, you know, remains affable and uses that to, you know, maintain an iron grip, like, sense of loyalty and camaraderie, you know, no matter how monstrous the acts are, are being committed. Right. So, we we talked about this being carried by the plot. The plot is basically this guy gets caught up in some... He right. gets some like stuff. He's like a delivery guy and gets some stuff planted on his truck and gets caught up By with accident. these like <laughs> right, not rebel, even intentionally. rebel like these like rebel resistance fighters fighting against the evil empire, right? Yeah, like and that's basically so you've got your, we've got like kind of two groups of like the 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 resistance fighters on the run and then you know the evil empire and then like the one you know, like you said the the kind of meathead shonen protagonist guy who's witnessing the atrocities yeah. of the empire and I'm questioning cur- I'm his. Which quote unquote side ends up as the quote unquote main character? Like so far, it seems right. it seems pretty. The two protagonists on opposite sides, and like ah, uh, twist of fate, make them do battle. Right. <clears throat> but then like the eye catch has delivery driver guy, and I feel like the framing. Like I'm probably just projecting, but I feel like the framing of the show so far in the first two episodes has been framing these smugglers as more morally in the right right I, I would definitely agree with that it's just that everything like it's just there are too many things that set off the wrong alarm bells in me as like someone who has watched anime for a very long time like right like the protagonist is so obviously that kind of protagonist anime right? hair. like anime hair like he looks more distinct 
like delivery driver guy looks, looks like a side like, character. Yeah, he does. You know, like he looks like a bit role. I mean, that, he's that's kind a of the ge- screen time. That's kind of the genius, though, is that right. he does no, look I, so anonymous. I totally agree with you, Zeke, but that's the thing that worries me is like right. anime communicates its intentions so clearly with its character designs so so often, right? Like we've all had that joke about Fire Emblem of like all right, I kill you, I kill you, I kill you. Oh, you're a pretty anime character. You're joining my team. I kill you, I kill you, I kill you, right? And Right, I'm almost surprised that, like, black dude wearing normal clothes... Is still alive? Yeah, <laughs> did not die. Right, right. Well, they, Shout out I, to the I, black I, dude whipping out that katana out of nowhere. I was actually shocked in episode two they didn't kill the cool mom. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I, like, her, yeah. I thought for sure she was dead, because that's, and, like, easy... Easy, easy way to show who the Empire's evil or whatever. Right. And, and the little girl with a terminal disease also survived, for now at least. Yeah. For now. But, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so that gets into the part that I think we all, why we all agree this show is interesting, is that they've already done what I think is a magnificent job of communicating the stakes in the sense of how much they matter to these specific people, right? Like, Iro, you brought this up a, little, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but like you thought that the most novel thing about this is like, these smugglers are trying to smuggle something, right? Uh-huh. And, like, they're making a big deal of it. And in any other anime, <laughs> right. the thing being smuggled would be, like, a magical sword or, like, a little girl. And yet, <laughs> in this anime, it's a fucking grenade launcher. <laughs> like, right, they open the box even, and it's, like, guns. Right, and not even, like, a bunch of grenade launchers. Right. It's, 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 like like, they got, it's like they got caught, like, on their normal weapon smuggling run. It's not right. like they're trying to steal the MacGuffin that's gonna I, kill, destroy the Empire or I mean, something. Yes, right? I mean, yes, I agree with you, that's great, but, like, five-star character is also smuggling some of that magic juice that yeah, yeah. potentially right. will blow up cities, so there definitely is something there, but you're right, they definitely do emphasize the fact that they are smuggling normal-ass weapons to begin right. with. Right. It's not like, if we can get this little girl with magical powers that can summon, you know, whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's that combined with, like, the stakes might not seem that big to us, but they've done a great job of communicating how much they matter to the people in this show. Like, you know, it's a little bit of a cliche, but, like, the fact that the Resistance is willing to weaponize, like, a terminally ill girl in the name of their cause, like, like even Avalanche doesn't do that in Final Fantasy VII. Like, this speaks to, like, how how fucking deep into this these people are like this is not like like this like as someone who studied a lot of like insurgencies you know from my time you know studying history like people have to be pushed pretty fucking hard to to go that far like to to even invest their children in these kind of life or death causes, and right. the fact that like the lieutenant, the lieutenant guy is like willing to torture people over. <sighs> Let me just put it this way: I feel like even America, <laughs> even the United <laughs> States of America in 2020, would not torture someone over a missing gun. Like, in fact, the United States of America probably wouldn't even care. Well, because like. <laughs> I mean that might be trying to find the the rat out the group more so than just get the missing gun back or whatever. Right, but, right, but just yeah, no, and and I mean I guess I, to uh, to the whole to the whole low stakes thing. I mean it is part of a bigger conflict here in that you know apparently they're they are all being oppressed by this you know evil empire where you know that 
you know, so that's like sort of the bigger overarching conflict. I mean, that's a pretty high stakes thing, I would think. But, True, fair enough. But but as far as like, you know, they, they feel like a, a a piece of that and not like the whole thing, right? Right. That's kind of the interesting angle that they're going for. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a real interest. There's just it's just I guess at the very base level, it's just refreshing to see them do some things that we don't see a lot of in anime and they're doing it i would say at least competently (laughs) i mean it's not always like the best looking show or whatever right not not always the best writing or whatever but it 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 gets the job done Um, yeah that hbo ass opening yeah what the hell is that hbo fucking amc (laughs) ass or whatever ass fucking uh yeah they're trying to go for rapes and yeah I mean, they're definitely right. trying to do something different, and I applaud them for that. You know? Yeah, do we also I want to bring up, what the heck is with that Universal logo? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're going for, like, a cinematic uh, type of feel or something Like, no, to it. no, I mean, is, is Universal funding this? Like, is Universal yeah, Japan, so, like, a sponsor yeah. Yeah, or they, something? They, they, um, they get their hands in, into these things <laughs> just, sometimes. Yeah, I'm sure, it's just... But, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's worth continuing to put an eye, keep an eye on. I Definitely. think there's only been, it was, it was one of the later shows, there's only been two episodes so yeah. far, so yeah. keep an eye on it. Alright, uh, another one we didn't get a chance to talk about, and it probably says a lot that I didn't even bother watching this, but, uh, <laughs> uh Mr. Osamatsu Season 3... I know you guys checked out at least the first episode, right? Yeah, we, mm-hmm. G and I watched the first episode, and uh, they're done, huh? Yep, yeah. <laughs> they're out. Of, they're out of jokes. Like it's like that's couple, really depressing to hear. That there are Stop a couple decent jokes. But... Okay, yes, there there are a couple of very funny jokes in in that first episode, as as always is with these kind of like shotgun blast bit style right. shows, right? But. Like, stop me if you've heard this before. That first episode of season three is the Osamatsu brothers having yet another existential, like, conundrum about what does a comedy show do on its third season? Right. It's already run out of jokes, and we're going to make a joke about having run out of jokes. And, and we're going to do the, the old joke again about how nobody wants to watch these assholes. Let's have clean and uh, normal versions of them instead. See, that's especially disappointing to me because I thought both the uh, original Too Hot for TV debut episode <laughs> and oh, the uh, and the first episode of season two were some of the funniest things I've seen in quite totally. a while. And so I, I was right. hoping they so would like, at least they come. Use that joke again. Yeah, I was hoping yeah, they would at least come out of the. Well. I was hoping they would at least come out of the gate strong. You know, you, you no. would think like the you would think like the next play that would just be like totally ignore the fact that it's season three or something. Right? Yeah, like that would be I, the next. Like, uh... <laughs> you know what? Because none of you guys are gonna fucking bother. Like the one and only like really good joke that got me pretty fucking good is uh, you know. So at first they do the usual twist of, oh no, the Atsumatsu brothers have been replaced by like their prettier male idol versions, right? Same old, same. Kind of what you uh-huh. expect, right? Squeaky clean. But then they're like, but Osamatsu-san should be for everyone, and Osamatsu-san <laughs> should be global. So they introduce uh, Osamatsu, Osamatsu sisters, and then Osamatsu International, and it's like... Osamatsu brothers, but, like, wearing, like, kind of culturally insensitive, like, costumes of other cultures. Like, there's an Arab and a Russian and an Indian and a uh. Chinese guy. And it did get me pretty <laughs> good. Just sex sextuplets. Like, right, the 18 sextuplets now for every demographic and gender, which was was pretty good. But, unfortunately, that was 
basically... Well, okay, there was that and the, like, Evangelion, like, uh, what are they called again? The fucking... Who are those big pillar dudes called? The... Oh, oh sa- the yeah, Sele? yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Sele slabs or whatever. Yeah. They do have a good bit with that of, ah, we are the production committee. I did like uh, but, the uh, joke of the reason the real uh, brothers get to stay is... <clears throat> that the uh, the squeaky clean idols are found to have drugs in their pockets, and they get immediately unpersoned. <laughs> yep, they immediately get carted off. And <laughs> see that that's the kind of edge I want from an Osamatsu episode. Yeah, you know? and again, like I said, I mean, like we just went over here. There are a couple of pretty solid jokes, but it's like three solid jokes in twenty two minutes of like bad poop jokes like don't get me wrong i'm not too good for a poop joke but a bad poop joke that goes on for like six minutes oh my god like you uh, know, yeah that's... just i don't know rest in peace osamatsu i guess I, i'm so i'm so disappointed because i absolutely loved the first season right. and yoichi fujita is one of my favorite directors i love anime comedies and it's like i couldn't just I was just so tired of Osumatsu by the end of season two. Like, I just had no desire to watch this. And it sounds like I, from what you guys are telling me, I still have no desire to resume. I mean, I, I, free Yoichi Fujita. Yes, free, hashtag free Yoichi Fujita. I mean, I, I think the thing is, for me at least, you know, even right from the beginning of Osumatsu is when it was funny, it was incredibly funny. But the thing we yeah. don't always remember about those first two seasons is that there was a lot of extremely middling stuff you know oh no i think we knew that i I never even finished season two no me me neither yeah i mean i i think our opinions may vary on that because i think i thought season one was great the whole way through season Uh, two was definitely up and down there were definitely uh, there were definitely a few bits in season one where i felt that you know they they took the joke and ran it too long if that makes sense it, it was definitely diminishing returns i think on their whole shtick basically where they, they, I guess it's it's this weird thing with comedy where like once you open up the possibility of literally anything happening, then like nothing can shock you. Yeah, and I like, think I think that's ultimately what they run into is like, well, you guys can do anything. So if you do anything, it's it's not like surprising or shocking or anything and, anymore. And at this uh, point. like as an addendum to that, I will say that my favorite parts of Osamatsu were the bits where they got very silly and not necessarily the kind of uh, the more, uh, what's the word, but kind of the more low-key humor that was just kind of um, a bit more rooted in reality, you know. I really enjoyed it when they went absolutely buck-crazy, and, you know, that kind of thing, by na- by its nature, tends to have a shorter shelf life, because there's only so crazy you can get, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Osamatsu is, like, a great example of, like, why I think anime comedy, or, you know, hell, even comedies in general kind of struggle past, like, two seasons, unless... You know, they are willing to upend the status quo because right. when nothing changes, like, the Osamatsu brothers are always going to be, you know, garbo human beings who, like, just, like, loaf around all day. And if that never changes and, like, there's only so much material there. Is this the segue to uh, mention the Kaguya-sama Season 3 getting announced this morning? Uh, Hell June? yeah! <laughs> Talking <laughs> uh, about... And, and, and... An anime comedy that has been willing to upend the, yeah. even just a little bit, upend the status quo. And I uh, mean, fingers crossed, hopefully this is, isn't famous last words, but yes, definitely looking forward to maybe the one and only good season three of an anime comedy, so... Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty rare to begin with. I feel like even in the, even in the days of anime getting 
you know, three or four seasons, getting that many for a comedy has always been a bit of a rarity. So, um, I guess you have to be a pretty huge success like Osamatsu or I suppose Kaguya-sama seems like it's been pretty successful as well. So, yeah, looking forward to that because, like you said, that is a show that is willing to show make progress. Like, the characters evolve and, you yeah. know, things, things change enough to keep things interesting. Whereas, you know, that does not appear to be the case with Osamatsu. So, no. R.I.P. free Yoichi Fujita. Let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> all right one last quick thing i want to mention uh the grand blues anime which is the wacky comedy spinoff of grand blue fantasy that did actually turn out to be a three-minute short i was a bit disappointed in that i thought it was going to be a full-length thing well are they good are but the jokes good at least the, the, the jokes are still pretty solid they, they come right out the gate in the first episode by like bringing up the like obscure one-off um special outfit you can only unlock by playing the April Fool's event that's only available, you know, one day a year. Uh, Is that the one where the, like, cute sidekick animal gets really, really buff? Uh, yes, and and in the this particular outfit, he turns into an axe that Lyria holds while she's climbing into a giant fish. Sure. So, all right. <laughs> these are the kind of weird deep cuts that I wanted. Yeah, I'm no, all on board. Sounds, yeah, like, if you're so, a fan... <laughs> if, you're, if, you're, if you're into the... The game and whatnot, yeah. then this is for you. I'm just a little sad that it was only three minutes. Well, long. it's hard to say. Like, is this one of those case- cases of like they took a hard look and realized there can be such a thing as too much of a good thing? Like, I, I, I assume think... there's enough material in Grand Blue to like make a full length Carnival Phantasm style comedy show, but yeah. Well, th- so th- I mean, this is specifically based on an ongoing gag manga so like, oh okay These are not... the, the material is there they have like thousands of strips to pull oh, from. this is not original this is not an original anime comedy if if, if it wasn't a full episode i think they could have done half episodes because the pacing's kind of some almost it's maybe not quite as fast as pop team epic but it is kind of like that with sort of hit quick hits of sure weird things happening and for all intents and purposes, let's call Pop Team Epic a half episode length show. <laughs> I, I would agree, generally. So, that take. so uh, I think in that maybe maybe that maybe a half length would be good. But anyway, I I I, I it's it's fun, but you know I, I'm a little disappointed on the length as well. All right, so that gets uh, the leftovers out of the way. There, let's talk about some of the. Other shows that we mentioned in our first looks, and now we're following up on our two to three episode tests on some of these. Yeah. If we made it to episode three, which I don't know if that happened with our first show in the list, but I did want to talk about the Wandering Witch debacle. That was <laughs> debacle three, is... I want to say. Yeah, it was so, episode three that was the problem. Okay, so to recap, you know, a lot of people were pretty high on this show. I didn't watch it personally. But just based on feedback from you guys and other people that I follow across the internet, pretty positive reaction to the first episode. Um, and it was the third episode that things went apparently horribly wrong. I haven't looked up anything about this. I'm going to leave it to you guys to explain what happened. Okay, uh, do you guys mind if I take this one? Go ahead. So, um, there's two stories in this episode three. Um and they're both kind of weird. The first one is is a, perhaps a little bit odder, but it's the second one which really got people going. Um, 
So the first one is uh, she's flying through this field because her whole shtick is she's traveling, right? And uh, she meets this lady who's giving out flowers. And she, the lady gives her flowers and um, says, can you take them to the nearest town? And she takes them to the nearest town and is immediately set upon by the guards who, uh, like, you know, grab her and act suspicious towards her. And it turns out that these flowers are actually deadly poisonous and they... Uh, you know, people keep sending them to try and ruin the town, basically. And it turns out that that one of the guards is, in fact, the brother of the girl who she met in the flower field. And so she, the next day she flies back to the flower field and she finds the girl has turned into, like, this horrible plant thing. Like, and the brother is there and he's sort of slowly mutating into a plant as well. And... It's just kind of weird and dark huh. and and kind of nihilistic, you know. Um, okay. And 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 then she just leaves, you know, because she's like these people are beyond help, you know. And you can sort of understand it as an attempt to kind of like put a darker tinge onto this sort of idyllic wandering life. Um, but it feels a little bit out of place, and nothing really happens, which is perhaps the oddest part about it. But Anyway, so that that felt a little uncomfortable. But uh, then we get to part two, and uh, in part two she runs into this guy who's out um, with a big glass jar, and it turns out he's capturing uh, happiness. He's trying to bottle up all this <laughs> happiness so he can uh, take it to this girl he likes who is always sad. Um, and he's like, you should come back and meet her, you know, we'll have lunch and stuff. So main character, Wandering Witch, goes with him to... Uh, to his house and um it turns out that the girl he likes is a servant in the house she is very upset and very uh downtrodden and over the course of the episode it becomes a pretty apparent that she is in fact a slave and oh great dude's dad well... um dude's dad just straight up says yeah you know she came from a country in the far east you know i brought her back here and now she's slaves oh. for us you know and so like the witch is like okay and then you know so they have like a frosty dinner together and then um you know dude the next day dude presents this bottle to her and it like he opens it up and it's full of lovely scenes stuff like that you know beautiful mountains and lovely rivers and stuff and he's like look you know i took you all of these sights to make you happier and the girl bursts into tears of course because you know they're not sights that she can see they're not sights that she can uh partake in you know and oh she right she can't leave the house because she's asleep yeah basically. and like obviously the the dude is completely confused because he's a clueless idiot and right um and the real problem is the ending which is where the witch goes huh that's kind of busted and then she leaves. So, I can definitely see why this would leave such a sour taste. Yeah, that made me a little know. nauseous listening to that. Um, so, yep. Uh, so, I, I was say, so though, angry. I was so angry, I had to put down the computer and just step away for a good 10 minutes or so. So, here's the thing I'm going to say, just is. I gotta be honest, the more you describe this, the more this actually just reminds me of the somewhat legendary early 2000s anime, Kino's Journey. So, uh, yes, I, I've I've heard the comparisons as well there. Like, 
I don't know if Kino's Journey has aged super well. I definitely remember it, you know, having a huge impact on me when I watched it. It was kind of of that, like, Haibane Renmei adjacent, like, you know, surreal realism style early 2000s anime. But the, the basic premise of it was kind of similar of, like, here is this, like, ambivalent traveler who is, like, for better or worse, like, very hands-off in her, you know, very, like... What's that rule in Star Trek, you know, whatever, like, you know, very hands-off. The prime yeah. directive. Right, very prime directive approach to, like, these various, like, city-states she's visiting that often have, like, very strange and foreign rules and ideologies, you know. Sometimes that's, sometimes that's benign, like, oh, uh, people stay indoors and never leave their houses, Hmm, weird. Uh, or, um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or to something, stuff very bad, right, like cannibalism and the thing that was like kind of the resounding like tone of kino's journey is that it was very much meant to be an observant tone like if people attacked her if people like you know tried to endanger her or her friends she would react usually with highly lethal violence but generally she kind of just let it all slide she never tried to change these societies and again having not watched this show like I can definitely understand why this would, like, be so off-putting, but I am wondering, like... I mean, is, is, is it's the implication similar... that... Is the implication that the main character could have done something about it? I mean, it, there is, is literally that... a point where the girl yeah. knocks a jug off and it shatters on the floor, and the and the, the dad goes to beat her, and the witch points her wand at him, and it looks like she's about to zap him into oblivion. But she doesn't. She fixes oh, the jug man. instead. Oh, right. Man. I think that's a that's a mm, big. And yeah. also, like, so let me offer a riposte, which is, up to now, this show has been, you know, a very plucky, spirited. You know, we're not talking about a character like Kino, you know, who is quite apathetic and, you know, right there from to the observe. start. That's right, they make the, it clear from right. the start in Kino's journey that yeah. that is the tone of that show, whereas it sounds like here things started off much more whimsical. Yes, absolutely. And the second thing is, I don't care if Kino's journey was like that because that's also morally unacceptable to me. In that <laughs> you know, like well. I, I don't, you know, like. And when I say this is possibly the worst episode of anime I've ever seen, I'm not being hyperbolic because, you know, it is such a failure on every possible level. You know, on every level, even if this were a dark, brooding, you know, nihilistic show, what are we supposed to do? You know, like. Are you honestly telling me that I can continue watching this show and have any interest or shred of empathy with the main character after seeing that? You know, I think it's yeah, just not possible. It's not possible to have any sort of good feelings towards the main yeah. character. And I think the, the the big problem here is like this kind of thoroughly poisons the well for better or worse, right? Because let's say, what's her name's character? She's a, Elaine. Is that her name? The, Elena the name? or something? Elena, yeah. Elena yes. So let's say Elena does do something heroic later, right? Like let's let's say a couple more episodes down the line, another arc, she does do something genuinely heroic, saves a village, blah blah blah. Then all of a sudden now you're being now you have to ask, well, why the fuck didn't she do anything about that slave girl? And then if she doesn't do any heroic stuff for the rest of the show, then that also doesn't leave a very good taste in your mouth either, does it? Why are we like, watching right. in that case, you know? Like, right. like, I guess maybe the message is sometimes, like, the real world is harsh, but I don't watch entertainment for that, 
you know. At least not unless they make it clear from the start that that's what that show is going to be about. But right. again, this well, is not a situation yeah. like this is not a situation where there is any moral ambiguity whatsoever. You know, there is absolutely zero room for debate on this topic. You know, mm. and there has been no indication that this world in this world that slavery is an accepted institution or anything like that and even if it wasn't even if it was again our heroes are meant to be you know people that we empathize with and who stand up for the right. values that we as a liberal society believe in yeah that's kind of one of those tough things where it's like again i, I apologize to keep bringing up the comparisons but i guess one of the caveats kino's journey sort of had going for it is that she was a lone vagrant wanderer against like these you know potential entire societies you know city states and nations right kino's not going to be passing through and like overthrow the government right whereas Whereas, like this thing with like this wandering witch show it's like it's hard to tell right like because here's the thing i almost think you could pull off this story if you went through great pains to show that like elena's intentions are good but she is faced with like an insurmountable societal issue that she alone can't overcome. I mean, that requires nuance and time and, episodes and a very, and, very delicate approach and, that I don't think this show sounds like it has. And episodes and episodes of build-up as well. And also, right. like one thing the show has established is that witches in this world are highly respected and extremely powerful. So it's not just that she is an innocent bystander. She is mm. a person with the power to make a material change. You know, she could have blown right. that dude to Kingdom Come and nobody would have been able to touch her for it, you know. And just, you know, I am just completely baffled as to why mm. you would make this artistic decision you know and apparently it, it's from the original manga so you know oh well you but, know, then that... <laughs> but you know just you know i cannot you know no matter if people come back and say oh the next episode are like great all-time material i'm sorry it's done you know it's just done there's nothing you can do to convince me to continue watching that show it's just a yeah. total failure of storytelling yeah, that's <laughs> well. Um, that yeah, that's it. it's that's, that's it. Yeah, not not too much more to say on that. So we'll we'll just have to move on. Yeah, that's uh, it's unfortunate that not only did that happen, but that it just like took a turn from something completely different. Absolutely, but... you know. And there were many things to recommend the show, you know. But just this bizarre, you know. I'm not opposed to you know cutesy shows getting dark and i'm not opposed to anime confronting serious issues you know but this isn't a confrontation so much as like a right. whistle stop tour you know it, it it's yeah. it is you know darkness without anything to say it's just just a complete right. application not... of any sort of responsibility in your storytelling yeah right you're not actually doing anything with it, it just, exactly yeah now here's where i'm going to bring up real quick now Ako Kagari might have an intelligence stat of two, but she wouldn't stand for slavery. We know that because she joined a labor union. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, good call on that one. But, all right. Let's move along to another show that... Are, are you guys done with this now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Okay, so... Yeah, we're done. But, but Hypnosis Mike, you did watch up to episode three? Four. I think. Four? Oh, wow. Or is there four? Right. Or is it just three? We watched up to four. Four, yeah, four. And uh, how th- how that go? Eh, poorly, <laughs> or not even poorly. First of all, why did why did you watch four episodes of this? Is my first question. But... I had to see more, man. Like I told, dude. Like gel. Like 
the suicide vest g- gag in episode two was so fucking good that that alone convinced me to watch at least one more episode because like if that was the kind of level of dumbassery this show was operating on i was like half expect like well if this is where they're starting then i half expect by the end of this show like the boys are gonna have to rap to stop like an ICBM loaded with subwoofers from, like, you know, hitting Japan or something, right? Like, that's, like, that's the expected level of idiocy that this show is operating on that I wanted to be there to see, but turns out that was kind of the best they had, because episodes three and four, or, or I'll put it this way, episode two seemed to hint to me that maybe this show was more self-aware than it seemed. Like, that they knew this was silly and ridiculous and they were going to lean into it. And then 3 and 4 kind of just... They, they, it just does it in a very straightforward manner. Like, it does it very unironically. And Back to doing the idle thing by the books. Yeah, very by the books. Like, you know, just hot boys on adventures. You know, ah, one of the hot boys got framed for a murder. Time to solve the crime. <laughs> that's Which a again, fun adventure. Like, that sounds fun. I was like, oh man, the boys are going to have to rap... I thought this was literally going to end in, like, them being in court, and like, you got to rap to prove your innocence or something. But it did not. And then episode four is literally the plot of episode one of Ikabukuro West Park Gate. Of, oh, we got to stop the drugs, because even though one of the hot boys is the leader of a Yakuza gang, as everybody knows, the Yakuza famously hate drugs. Definitely. <laughs> they're, Definitely. They're gonna work with the cops to stop the drugs. Right. Yakuza famously known to work with the police. Actually. Mm. Well, mm. anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another direction. Yeah, now police working with the Yakuza. Now that's believable. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's just... Oh, look, the rapping's never been good, and now even the, like, silly hot boy plot lines are not that enter- entertaining, so... What a waste. It really has lost the last vestiges of anything interesting it had going for it. Oh, uh, what a waste. Yeah, so, you that, know. That that could have been such a fun show. Right? Like, I, I, I remain convinced that, like, in the right hands and with the right execution, I genuinely believe Hypnosis Mike could have been, like, one of our favorites of this season. Just, like, on the back of its l- ridiculously, delightfully dumb premise. But... Yeah. Like many an anime with an interesting premise, it proceeded to do absolutely nothing with it. So Well That's another RIP for uh Hypnosis Mike then on that one as well. I wonder how many of these shows we're gonna have left by the end of (laughs) Uh, I'm legitimately concerned. Like I'm even looking at our show notes now. Half of these will be gone by the next podcast. Uh yeah. Well, Maybe we'll finally get a chance to talk about Genshin Impact then. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, our time to shine. Anyway, let's not go there for now. Uh, Let's move along to Talentless Nana. I've watched all four episodes. Did did any of you guys watch more of it beyond episode one? I haven't watched it. I have have meant to, but I haven't had the chance. You know, it's been been busy. So just to recap real quick, episode one ends with kind of a big... Big twist, and again, huge spoilers on this one. If you're interested at all, stop listening now and go to the next show. But, you know, it ended with the big twist where they reveal Nana is actually not just one of the other students, but she's actually been sent there to kill all the other students. And it ends with her... Seemingly you know, mur- killing... Murdering the uh, the guy who you thought was going to be the actual protagonist of the show. Just chucks him off a cliff. 
so episode two so i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm not gonna spoil too much i'm just gonna kind of say that she continues to carry on her mission of knocking off some of the other students through episode two and kind of into three and in episode three they introduce a character who's gonna kind of be her foil that who's like basically onto her Hmm. and it becomes sort of like a cat and mouse type of game thing. See, judging from and the first episode, I thought that was going to be like broody white haired guy. I thought he was going to be her her foil. And you're telling me that's not how it goes? Uh, well, yes, that's how. Okay, it, yes, yeah. that it. Yeah, I, I I wasn't meaning to hold back who it was per se, but it was. But, but I mean, like, th- it, he, fairly... he steps up into that. He steps up into that role because he doesn't really do anything in the first yeah, two it, episodes. It's fairly obvious kinda... from the credits that he's like. Right, number. he's just kind of he's just kind of brooding in the background for the first two episodes, but in three is where he kind of steps up into that role of like the her her. Uh, I guess technically he's the good guy, but <laughs> <laughs> her nemesis. But yeah, because she's still like the main main character, but uh, she's also trying to murder everyone. But uh, yeah, so they kind of start doing a little cat and mouse because he's actually smart enough to figure out that something is going on weird with this girl and uh it's pretty it's pretty good as far as far as like you know these types of like thriller type things where you know they're trying to solve you know he's trying to pick up all the clues and she's trying to find creative ways to kill people without getting caught and they do a pretty good job with all that um and I, i find it interesting that she's not like totally infallible like her plans don't always go the way she's expecting them to go and then she has to like come up with contingency plans and stuff like that so it's not just like she's the perfect killer that's right. just offing everybody in fact after episode two she hasn't successfully killed anybody she's only taken out two people so far in four Wait, I, i'm sorry I'm, I'm curious about one but, thing jill i haven't watched this at all but so two people are dead in this in this cast right yeah i mean again allegedly our, our, dead are are the rest of the cast concerned about this, or is it literally just the one brooding guy? Like I, uh, they are, they are now. Okay. So it took okay. it took like it took like uh, so that's part of the the interesting part of the show is now she's got to figure out well I can't just keep knocking people off they're gonna figure out <laughs> right. So so there's this whole um the whole premise of the show is like there's these superpowered kids that are. Be, being trained to fight the enemies of humanity. That's what they're called. They were supposed to, these these monsters or something that right. like wiped out the earth or whatever. And so there so there's a rumor going around that, you know, one of the enemies of humanity has infiltrated the school. I see. And so she's trying to like play off of that to like basically take the scent off of her. Because otherwise, obviously, yes. Is, is it actually kids her, start disappearing one by one? Is, is she one of these so-called enemies of humanity? Well, that's that's part of the uh, that's part of the the, the mystery. Oh, I see, but of course, uh, actually, yeah, what am I saying? So, um, so yeah, there's some I like. I'm hesitant to just flat out say this show is good because I feel like it's it's always kind of a gamble with this kind of show, right? Yeah, like, I feel like the actual, like, character writing and, like, directing and everything is all fairly average. It's not bad, but it's not great. But the actual, like, things happening, like, 
the the kind of cat and mouse games and like how she manages to off people even though you know i i forget if they reveal in episode one that she doesn't actually have any powers but they do. well well the name of the show is talentless yeah, Nana, right? But, like, but they yeah. do reveal that yes yeah so so the way that, you know kind of how she's figuring out how to manage all this without having powers and everybody else is like super powered is pretty interesting and like just seeing like what kind of clever little twists they're gonna come up with next has been interesting to watch but like the actual execution of it is it's fine but it's not like blowing me away with it so like i'm kind of hesitant to just say wow this show is great or whatever but i think it's worth watching i mean it's it's fun just trying to guess what they're what crazy thing they're gonna do next um, and it's it's definitely a different type of show than you know your typical school show. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I think with any sort of mystery come thriller show, a lot of it depends on the resolution, right? Whether they can turn this mystery into a satisfying um, climax, you know. But but right. I, I'm encouraged to hear that it's still keeping your attention and that they haven't fumbled the ball so to speak yeah i think if it had just turned to okay this is how she's going to kill this student this week you know one student per episode uh, for murder of or the something week show then i i would have been a lot less interested in that happening and i'm kind of glad they have not gone that way at least in the, the last couple of episodes yeah, i mean like i th- i think that you know somebody has a plan and it goes off without a hitch is not good drama right you want some challenge, yeah. you want some difficulty in there to overcome. Yeah. I'll just leave as the teaser. In episode two, she managed to kill somebody with time travel, which was pretty interesting. Uh, so, uh, sure. I mean, like, right. it, it's an academy oh, yeah. full of super-powered people, so kill there's going to be some Kill him in the past, so he dies, and dies right now. I don't know. Uh, sure. No, no, no. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll leave that as the oh, teaser. Fine. You have to watch it to see what actually happens. But, uh, well, yeah. Depending on how poorly the rest of the season goes, maybe I'll have to start picking that up. So it, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty decent. It's fun to watch. Cool. So. Like I said, I'm glad to hear that they built off a good start. Yeah. Well, speaking of not building off of a good start, uh, <laughs> let's talk about Sleeping <laughs> Princess and the Are Demon you gonna Castle. Stick with this so one, Jill? I, I think the big worry like we identified this in the first look podcast but the big fear here was you've only got one joke how far can you take it and yes. it sounds like the answer is not far enough yes so i don't know i've, I've watched through the first three episodes i'll probably keep watching it it's it's kind of it's kind of fun and silly like type of thing that i like by the way we're talking but... about sleepy princess and the demon castle oh did i not see i you thought i said the... no he did he <laughs> I did I say the title. oh he did yeah. oh shit my okay. bad I'm, I'm the one not paying attention <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah they, they've pulled out like there's a couple there's still like a couple decent jokes but it, the premise is still exactly the same of okay for this segment the princess wants to collect cloth for her bed sheets so i'm i guess i'm gonna have to go kill some magical creature in the castle to get bed sheets okay well now uh you know i want to wake up to the sun rising but i'm off in the demon kingdom where there's no sun let me go find this mythical sword that emits glowing light and i'm going to make that my fake sunlight uh you know and it's just like <laughs> i don't know that's like like like, like they're pretty they're, like they're fun little jokes but like it's it doesn't feel like it's enough to carry so this is a full length show man it, yes it is a full Folding. All right. Show. I mean, these seems like jokes that would work for like a short, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
but it's always like kind of the same concept of uh you know she breaks out she breaks out uh all of like the idiot demon guards that are all like surprisingly nice uh <laughs> like like none of them actually think to actually like apprehend her and throw her back in her cell or anything they're just like wait what what is she doing um and, and you know so they'll watch her do some crazy thing like thinking oh no she's gonna steal the sword and give it to the hero so that she can escape the castle mm-hmm. and said she just drags it back right, to her room yeah. and sticks it in the window uh you know but it's that same joke over and over and over again and uh-huh. i don't know if they're really gonna go anywhere else they've kind of put the like the demon king guys showed up a couple of bit more like is he, they're is including him more. Boy? yeah kind of well everyone looks like the like they're from like dragon quest or something right oh sure but uh and he and he's like this harmless cinnamon roll of course of course and, uh, he, I, you know i i i just don't I don't see them really expanding on the jokes mm. enough, so I don't know if I'll keep watching it or not, but it's kind of disappointing. I would have liked, because I did like the first episode, and this is, you know, Dogakobo, as far as animation and execution, it looks fantastic and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of already bored with it, though, unfortunately. Yeah. Alright, yeah. well, <laughs> we'll... We'll we'll put that one aside for now. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I I won't. But we'll see. Uh, and let's move on to Moriarty the Patriot. Uh-huh. I have not watched past episode one on here, so um, I have I don't not know, watched Zig, any of it. There's only been like episode three came out today, so we haven't watched it yet. But I've seen episode two. Okay. And yeah. I know I know you liked the first episode. I did, yes. So how how was episode two? It's interesting. Episode 2 is mostly in flashback, and it's kind of an Origins episode, and they're, they're, wow. they're taking it in an in a sort of interesting direction, which I'm not sure how I feel about. So, basically, you know, mild spoilers, there's nothing too crazy here, but basically it's revealed that Moriarty and his younger brother, the weird, like, glasses butler dude, um, they weren't born into nobility, they were um, adopted by a noble family, but they were originally street kids in a ragged school and stuff like that, you know. Whereas their elder brother, who doesn't look like them, he has brown hair, um, was born into nobility. And it's odd, they seem to be kind of trying to position this as kind of a class warfare thing. So, like, they're trying to frame Moriarty as heroic by suggesting that he's rising up from the underclasses to, like you know, tear down the nobility of the British Empire and stuff like that, which, look, I'm all for that, okay? But, uh, <laughs> sure. But, it, it, Sign it, me it, but it's a very odd angle to be taking because, you know, I mean, I guess it's a way to make Moriarty look more traditionally heroic, but it, it seems to be an added layer of complication which you don't necessarily need in this story. So I'm interested to see where they go with it, you know? I mean, there there's... um. You know, this second episode is mostly, like I said, a lot of flashbacks to when they were kids. There's a bit of character-building stuff. You know, they established that Moriarty was always brilliant. You know, as a child, he was cleverer than adults and stuff like that, you know. And also, he was always kind of a bastard. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's okay. It's solid. But I, I don't think, you know... 
like part of the first episode that I appreciated was kind of like the darker tone, the violence and all that kind of thing. And obviously there's not much of that in that second episode. So it's not the direction that I thought they would be taking, but we'll see what they can make of it. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, did anybody get violently murdered in episode two? Uh, or, uh... Uh, I mean, there's the, there's the implication that uh, to get adopted, they like uh, so burn uh, down, burn yeah. down the house, right? <laughs> so, like the 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 kind of the plot around the adoption thing is that like, um, so uh, the eldest brother, who's is it Alfred? I like? I forget to be honest. I think it's Alfred. Um, so the one who's actually truly born to the nobility, he's the only good one in his family. His dad and mum are like, you know, snooty nobles, and his little brother, who is actually called William, is kind of a a shitty, like, spoiled rich kid. And so the implication seems to be that they adopted Moriarty and his younger brother um, just as, like, a thing because they were trying to keep up with the Joneses or something like that, you know? Uh-huh. Look how and, good we are sharing our wealth yeah. with the, the under... and so the, the very strong implication at the end of the first episode is that they burnt down the house, killing the mother, father, and younger brother, and allowing Moriarty to take the younger brother's identity, which is why he's William James Moriarty and not just James Moriarty as he is in the Sherlock Holmes novels. And huh. so, like, that's that's pretty messed up, and I'm into that, you know. Also, important fact, uh, the opening credits showed Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, and they are both hot boys, so... Oh, <laughs> of course. You know. Yeah, um, along until they pull out microphones, start rapping. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, that that's a crossover I could get behind. But, you know, oh, I, I, I think... I definitely think that they're... Um, that they've got a lot of space to explore you know it just strikes me as very odd about the class system like making it into a class warfare thing you know because like the honest truth is that like everybody who was anybody in in like british writing and british novelization was a member of the upper class at the time you know and so so positioning moriarty as kind of like a champion of the downtrodden is it's and I mean, choice. he seemed like he was doing pretty well for himself when I was... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, that's the thing, you know, he has infiltrated the ranks of the nobility, you know, that that's right. the whole point. So, I, I don't know, like, I see why they're doing it, because, you know, again, it puts him in a more traditionally heroic role, but I'm not, you know, doing... I like, mean, how, how else do you make him palatable for being i'm a super genius who kills people for the greater good man. i mean like you don't necessarily but have to make him palatable you know but but i mean like the problem like class warfare is a difficult thing to write about right and you know especially in you know the the very heightened stakes of the 19th century victorian britain and all that kind of thing you know so my my worry is that they may be using a sledgehammer to crack a nut here but the We'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that front, at least. Sure. But, um... I mean... Yeah, I mean, I'm all for using that as some kind of, you know, framework for the, the you know, the theme of the show or something like that, if they can pull it off. But, you know, like you said, that's not something you just casually throw yeah, into your it, show to try to make it more tricky. interesting. I will but... say that the show <laughs> continues to look lovely and, you know, the voice work is excellent. So on a technical front, it's holding up well, but you'd expect that from production IG, really. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like they can be hit or miss, but I think when they're when they're on, yeah, they're they, on. They seem to be sure. on here, you know. And you know, as as a, a Brit and a historian, you know, I appreciate the depiction of Victorian London. I think it's it's not a setting we see too often in anime, and it's it's nicely done, you know. But I think you know, I think we'll need a few more episodes to really get a handle on where this one is going long term. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm gonna keep watching. Put it that way. We'll 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 check back in on that then. Uh, let's move along to Adachi and Shimomura. Yep. Uh, quick recap. I I personally loved the first episode minus the uh, extremely horny director. Mm. Um, what about the weird <laughs> astronaut, Joe? Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, what I'm if, into that. What but, if uh, there was way more of the weird astronaut all over the show, Jell? Okay, well, well, first, let's... Uh, maybe it's just me, but I feel like they did dial down the horniness in episode two A and three. little. It's definitely still bit. there. Yeah, because one, episode one, I felt like, had very like explicitly, let's shove the camera up the girl's skirt shots, and now this is more, let's make long, loving camera pans on their thighs type of things but that's kind of splitting hairs perhaps i don't yeah, know yeah I, I but mean, i did feel like it was uh toned down yes, a little bit uh, there's still enough there to make me feel not entirely comfortable about it but it's they have dialed it down a notch right but barring that and you know i will i will leave this up to you know i i will say that this is my opinion on it but i i love everything else as far as beyond that um they do in episode two, two and three, shift a little bit of the focus, direct off of you know less directly the girl's relationship and the weird little astronaut that showed up in uh, earlier that is claiming to be an alien or whatever. And you guys watched episode three, yes, right? We've seen yeah. both episodes. Uh, she just like straight up turns into the girl from yeah. Den I w- in was like, three. Is, is that literally just the girl from Denpona? No, it's not. But she sure looks, or like at it. least not yet. Yeah. But uh, it's basically the same character. <laughs> uh, what what I'll say is I think I enjoyed episode two more than episode three. And I think I enjoyed this episode two because it's way more focused on the relationship between Adachi and Shimomura. And yes. like it's, more, it's a more traditional kind of like tentative anime romance, which we've seen a thousand times. But it's still quite novel when they do it like a lesbian romance there. Um, right. and I th- yes, episode two, they kind of reveal that Adachi is... Crushing uh, hard. What what they what what I believe the kids would call a disaster lesbian. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Is that what the kids say? I yeah and uh, yeah it's pretty great and yeah I, I agree I probably liked two better than three three they could like three it's interesting because I can see like I understand the desire to want to kind of break up the monotony of just two girls talking to each other and and. The problem is, I very rarely see good examples of of, of that. Yeah, happening. like I feel like if you described the show to me, I would be all about like the weird astronaut interludes. But actually, they might be my least favorite part of the show because they just kind of feel a little wacky for wacky's sake at this point. Yeah, I think as like a weird interlude to sort of like give the girl something to talk about or whatever is fine, but she kind of hijacks the entirety of episode three. Yeah, right? very like... much so. And and it's because, you know, I think it's because the, the character writing between the two main characters is actually surprisingly good, and I want to see more of them, 
you know, finding right. their way with each other that it kind of feels like Astronaut is kind of cut and pasted in from an entirely different genre of show. Right. And again, I think that's fine as like a catalyst, but when it when it takes over the entire episode and it, like the focus is on this weird little girl that they're hanging out with that takes us away from the, the meat of the show, that's kind of not the direction I, w- I want to see. But, um, but I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of saying that in comparison to episode two. I, I really didn't think it was that bad. Um, no, it was... I still enjoyed it, the episode. It was totally tolerable. You know, I'm just... As a whole... I just think yeah. that, you know, the strength of that show is not necessarily in the weird astronaut interludes, you know, especially now yeah. she's just been revealed to be another Moe girl, you know, I I would much rather we have a focus on an actual relationship rather than just, you know, random space pixie. Right. I, I just now remember realized as I was looking it up that the... The ridiculous localized title for Dempa Ona, which is the same author as this. Uh, Why it was Electric it Girl. Gr- ground Ground Control to Psychoelectric Girl. How's that for a? It's not terrible, uh, I guess. I mean, that's the kind of title <laughs> that would draw me in. Put it that way. Yeah, but um, all right. Yeah, so uh, if they can stick, if they can keep sticking more to the, the the development of the relationship between the two girls, and less of the. Oh, I guess she's not an astronaut anymore, the little blue-haired girl. Or even their friends. Like, her friends, the, the glasses girl and yeah, the other girl. They're setting them up to be the beta couple. Yeah, I, I'm not really wild about that. It kind of reminds me, like, again, this does happen a lot in these shows, because I feel like the author feels like they can't just fill every minute with just two characters. So they, like, throw... Like, Let's throw out as an example with the Takagi-san, where you had the the side stories with the other three girls in the class that right. nobody cared I, about. I, I kind of defend those a little bit though, because at least they're something different. Whereas the the segment we had on Glasses Girl and Normal Girl just kind of felt like a very mild rehash of the Adachi and Shimamura segments. You know, add to that that like Glasses Girl and mate and Normal Girl have basically no characterization, and it's just kind of dull. What do you mean? She's got glasses and the big boobs. Yes. Also, and this um, other girl, she rubs the boobs. Yes. That's plenty That's of characterization, if you ask characterization. me. Characterization. Well, my overall point being that, you know, we see in other shows where there's that need to pad out time with other things, and I, it's like I get the, I get the feeling of that, like you feel like you have to do that. I mean, but I think. The- it rarely works I think works you can out. do that quote well, though. Like, if you look at Toradora, um, I think that's a good example. Didn't like that show <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, you're a miser, Iro, but, um, but I, I think that was a good example of where the B-plot successfully complemented the A-plot. Right. Well, they were, they were kind of more... I think that was a little more integrated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, calling I, them the A and B-plot is a little unfair, but you, you get where I'm coming from. They were all pretty intertwined yeah. still to, to a certain degree, but yeah, no, I, I get you. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'm still, I'm still very much enjoying it though. Hopefully, they can keep the level of quality up for the rest of the run. Um, which is probably more I can say for our next show. Did you, I'm surprised this is even on the list. I did not, did I did not even watch, watch episode two. 
Neither did I. I watched, so we're talking about Taiso Samurai or the Gymnastic Samurai. Speaking of um, badly localized titles. <laughs> I Well, I, again, I think that's literal uh, Yeah, and it's bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But anyway, I did... So, I, I, we talked about this in the first... I don't think any of us were wild about this episode, but I felt like it was good enough to me personally that I was like, all right, I'll give it a... I'll give it another episode or two just to, just to confirm that what I was thinking is correct, and I was correct. Um, so it's bad? I'll, I'll start with my petty thing all right, first all right, all right. before I get to the, 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 the real main problem I have with it. Um, everyone in this show is an idiot, especially the main character. <laughs> um, yep. He doesn't get any better. His entire dialogue consists of, uh, huh? What? Eh? Oh, uh, uh, one of those yeah. types of characters. Yeah. And if he does talk, it's then a question. So, like in episode three, his trainer is asking him, you know, "Oh, you know, how, how's your pain level doing?" Because he's injured, right? And he's like, "My pain level?" And I'm like, "Yes, your pain level. Just oh, answer the question." He talks like Solid Snake. Okay. Uh, like yes, it, yes, it's like it is kind of like Solid Snake. Now that you mention it, where every every question is answered with a question, like he has no idea what's going God. on at any point in the show. <laughs> whatsoever i mean isn't this dude supposed to be a veteran gymnast like yes yeah he's supposed to be yes he's he's a grown-ass man veteran gymnast i mean he's like, literally he should a have father, some knowledge so... of what's going on in the um, world just yeah. just and out of interest do you think that this is the translation or is it just the original intent is there as well no, that's like you can. He's not saying words right. half the time. Okay. Like you can hear yeah. it on the screen. Gotcha. He's going, uh, uh, mm. uh, uh, huh, oh. uh, what? Mm. And then, and then camera. if he, you know, and then he answers questions with questions because he just has no idea. So like he's a total idiot. Everyone else in the show is also an idiot. Like the ninja guy who's just like, I'm a ninja. Have they yeah, explained what that dude's everything. He's done literally nothing else except say I'm a ninja and also encourage the main guy to get back into nobody is like ask this guy what the fuck his deal is no nobody seems to know or care he's still living with them and hanging out at their gym and everything how's the grandma um she has not shown up all but i think maybe one time in the for like two seconds um and that kind of so that kind of leads to my my real actual like big problem like like I, i could see people looking past that if other things in the show were good but my big problem with the thing is, like, just thematically, they they kind of well-established between the first episode and, like, half of the second episode that he should quit gymnastics. <laughs> so they're like, still leaning on that. Like, specifically, and not, not just because he can't do it, because, you know, you can do the old, well, I'm going to overcome the whatever thing, but specifically because it's better for his daughter and for his family life to quit gymnastics. Right. And he he even has an epiphany in episode two where he's talking to his, at the altar of his dead wife, and he's like, "Man, I've been a terrible father." And he's like, he's like at peace with finally quitting and everything. And you know, he's like, "I'm gonna take care of my daughter and everything." And like, had had that been the direction the show goes, where he's taking care of his daughter and maybe he like picks up these young kids because there's another kid that gets introduced in episode three right. and like becomes their coach or something right, like right. that. That that would have been more interesting because I feel like it's a more interesting story of like an adult making progress in their life as opposed to 
now an adult pine, pining into, for 15 years ago or, or like right an adult hanging on to their you know last vestige of youth or whatever which is a much less interesting story to me and so he has this like epiphany and it's it's not until like he gets to his press conference where he's going to announce his retirement just like at the last second he thinks about it and is like yeah I don't want to do this and then it, right. it's back on that the was episode one, right? and like and like anybody to who's going to hold him accountable like his coach like his coach like kicks him out he's like I'm not going to I'm not going to train you anymore and then he just like begs him please do it and he's like all right fine yes I'll do it and I'm like come on just <laughs> and and now and now they're setting it up as like this big you know one last run or whatever and it just like totally dismantled all the the like thematic build up that they built in the, so, the first episode and a question, half So question is this like is this meant to be a serious drama? Like, is this meant to be being played as a, as you know, a, a sort of semi-serious character story? Yes. Because everybody here yes. sounds like they're acting like no human being would actually act. Yes, it is supposed to be a, mm. like, it's it's lighthearted, but it's supposed to be like a character yeah, right, drama like, type of thing. Lighthearted is fine, but that doesn't mean that right. your characters can do whatever and, like, act wildly right. out of character. Right, to do that, you have to have people that act like human beings, right? And, yeah, it just... I don't know, man. They, they could have... They had that one last opportunity to bail the show out for me, and they just went the other direction. You know, episode even just watching episode three... So, like, episode three, they introduce, you know, the other hotshot up-and-coming kid. This is where the... This is where it starts to turn into Yuri on Ice... Because he's basically the younger Yuri guy uh, from Yuri on Ice. And he's like, you know, you should quit, old man. I'm going to destroy you, all that. But, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to end up training together or whatever. And, yeah. And, of course, oh, I'll throw in one last thing. They had to bring in a um, a, uh, stereotypical predatory gay character. Oh, Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Love uh, it when my anime does that. Yeah, so they they threw one of those in who who is an acupuncturist and magically heals his uh, <sighs> his shoulder problems so that he can continue on. Wait, really? Yeah, no, I'm I'm not joking. That's at all. it. That that solves his shoulder. Yeah, I mean he's still got to like rehab a bit all and right, stuff, but fine. like I was gonna say like I feel like in these types of sports stories, the injury is usually right. like the main source of drama for the whole show. So right. No, but by the by the end of episode three, he's absolutely fine. Oh my god, Jesus that's... Christ! And what I'm is... like, anything like all the like potentially good angles that you had on this, you've just totally ignored all of them. And what you're going yeah, to I, the is most... the show going for? I feel like the whole point of having an older protagonist is, you know, one of the angles you can take is, oh, how long can his body hold out? You know, how how can he battle against? Yeah, you know, aging and and fatigue uh-huh. and all that. And in kind of gymnastics, thing. the answer is not very yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like, how old is so, he meant to be? I think he's supposed to either be like his late twenties or early. I mean, 30s. so he's oh, ancient was by like gymnastic standards. Yeah. yeah, ancient yeah. by gymnastic standards. Yeah. Like, I think the oldest placing medalist in men's gymnastics is like thirty-five or something. Yeah. So. Right, but that's like de- that's like total exception yeah. to the rule. Yeah, like yeah. usually done by like twenty-four. Yeah, or I mean like, right? like yeah. male gymnasts generally aren't done as early as female gymnasts are, but it's it's still not a long-term career. Put it that way. No, right. you, you got to get your you got to get your sponsorship deals in quick while you're still young. <laughs> right. So, 
it's disappointing again. You know, they, they could have done something with this, and they're just, I, I'm just, for, for his for his dialogue alone, I, it started turning into nails on chalkboard for me, so I, I can't watch any more of this, but. Well, great. You know, I tried. Well, that's a shame, I guess. Yeah. All right. So I uh. saved dessert for last here. <laughs> I'm a little us. annoyed you save this for last because I've been on pins and needles about my internet connection this whole time, Jell. <laughs> well, you've lasted this long. Let's hope, uh, uh, hope it holds out. The one show that we've but, all enjoyed so far. Yeah. yeah. Like... Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Akudama so Drive. I want to the start by fucking... saying that the idea of a cargo cult fo- forming around a bullet train is inspired and one of my favorite things Oh, forever. it's so fucking good. It's There's so, so many good things good. in this show. Like, like, oh my god, I am like all in on the world building now. Like, even just like the fucking backstory of, ah, yes, the great Kanto Kanzai War yes. or whatever that has now led to like Kanzai worshipping Kanto as like the fucking holy land. Is I mean, like, I'm always a, I'm always a sucker for fictions that are kind of like you know, the elites built this privileged you know capsule away from like the dregs of society, yeah. and now the dregs are going to come up and overthrow them. You know, I oh it's so I, good. I'm a real it's, sucker. The for train that. station is a fucking castle temple, yeah. right? While yeah, also being like, filled with like the latest high technology and everything as well. It's like super. It's like highly polished pavilion of the worship. And here are these ticket machines off to the side. Yeah. So, just that, just on like a high level, I really love that this did not turn into like a like a death game yeah. battle royale. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm yeah. just like happy a, that that did. A group of uh, group of uh, criminals doing a heist uh, type of thing. This is like I, this is perfect. Like honestly, like this is exactly like so far, <laughs> so far. This is yeah. exactly what I was hoping the show was going to be. Like, and maybe this is because I'm a Shadowrun fan, but like. This is definitely building up into the sort of, like, party-based heist-like adventure that I think is the best possible format to let all of these characters I've shine. I've got to say that in terms of characters, like, the real standout to me is the relationship between uh, who's the guy who's supposedly doing 500 billion years? Hoodlum. Hoodlum and Brawler? Yeah, Hoodlum and Brawler. Like, the, the weird yeah. kind of, like, just the total acceptance by Brawler that this nobody is a super badass and the way the dude just... Right, like, the fact that Brawler has never yeah. once even tried <laughs> to test this claim, yeah. he just accepts it wholeheartedly. Damn, like, Brawler's it's, badass. Like, it's... Right, it's just like... <laughs> it's weirdly sweet, in a way, how they have this kind yeah, of, like, bro I mean, thing going. Yeah, like, they're kind of meant, you know, they're kind of obviously the joke characters, yeah. but it actually works well to ha- bring the best out of both of them as characters like because like okay good it's like everybody here like it, it does one of the best things about an ensemble cast like this so far that i think is that now the thing i'm legitimately looking forward to is like oh like what are gonna be the fun combination of characters yeah, in this absolutely. like show because you like, right. what, are, what are you gonna like, do when when swindler is to hang out with like doctor and brawler right <laughs> yeah because it's like yeah, because, like, like, the thing they made clear with episode three is, oh, okay, the format of the show is going to be, like, every episode is basically going to be another, like, aspect of the heist. And there's going to be another complication, another obstacle to be, you know, uh, surpassed, right? And, like, inevitably it will require, like, a highly specific collection of, like, skill sets that the characters have. And that's a lot of fun. That's That's a lot of fun. And it helps that, like, all the characters so far are, like, 
I mean, you know what? They're, they're like genre pastiches. Yeah, like, yeah. They're likable I, I feel like the moment I knew we were safe was the bit where Doctor gets her head cut off and then he's completely fine with like only <laughs> fine, a throwaway explanation yes. at the end. Right, nobody really... Like, they, they ask, but no, they yeah. don't really give an explanation. Oh, I'm a doctor. Like, oh, I, can, I can fix my... I can yeah. fix myself. I'm a doctor. Come um, on. Yeah. I think for me, it was in episode two is when they introduced the, the like the super executioner yeah. super cops, and they also get a stylized like <laughs> intro. I'd like to you say know, that that fight kanji for execution. Yeah. You know, that, plastered that everywhere. fight scene is also really good. Like it's a really it's solid, fast, really good, hard, yeah. hard cutting fight that's really, really nicely done. Yeah, and it does a good job of like even though the super cops are outnumbered like you know two to five, two to seven, whatever. Like they're still kicking everybody's ass, right? Like they 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 do a good. Thing. I mean, again, it maybe it's because what for me the premier heist films are the Fast and Furious movies, but like it kind of does the thing of like introducing you know The Rock or a Jason Statham of like oh these are just like two dudes, but like they are beating the fuck out of everyone else. I mean, and so, like, it doesn't really it, feel like they're at a disadvantage. It remembers that the best way to make your characters look cool is to make the dudes they're fighting also look extremely cool. So, like, right. your characters are even bigger badasses for having, like, gotten away with it. Totally, totally. Also, like, I mean, kind of like kind of an obvious in hindsight, but, like, I really love the uh, the beam cheetah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they it's busted good. out. I was like, ah, that's good. <laughs> Um, there's just aesthetically yeah. yeah really great visual flair that show has like i just I, i've really fallen in love with the set there's design. just a confidence to it you know it has swagger yeah it, it knows yeah. what it wants to be you know it doesn't um it, it it concentrates all of its resources into doing the things it wants to do and in a sense it's actually a very disciplined show in that regard the plot is tight yeah you know the dialogue is excellent it's it's laser focused on achieving a certain aim and it gets there and it does it with oodles of style there's totally. no like there's no fat excess yeah, parts like they right. trimmed it to the bottom yeah there's no like yeah everything but but and yet it still feels <laughs> so like expansive yeah like the like the visual style and everything is so like everything's so detailed and like the whole like cyberpunk look that's on everything and, yeah is, it has is a great. great i was <laughs> i had one specific example for like that that just came to mind um when uh is it cutthroat the, the, the knife when he's guy? throwing guy. when he's yeah the knife guy when he's throwing the knives through oh the, yeah uh, we, we oh, also yeah. electric yeah. wall yes every single knife yes. was different yeah right yeah like every, like oh, what show a, is that, gonna that do would be that? such like, an easy corner to cut you know right also, so like, i'm gonna call it uh they they have hinted that there might be a mole who's secretly oh executioner, yes. and i'm gonna say it's what's on tape i think it's cutthroat Okay, yeah, I could, I could see that. I think it might be the cat. I, I'm, I don't, because hmm. like what, well, what uh, better way to be a mole than to be right. the mastermind, right? Here's a, here's another. Uh, it's just, is this all just entrapment? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's clearly uh, something weird I, going on with like the Kanto uh, Osaka right. relationship, right? So, like, is this like a secret plan to like? inject these people into the perfect paradise and bring it down from within or something like that like that's a possibility i think there's a lot of potential angles the show could take i mean again i'm not familiar with his works but you know everybody kind of knows for better or worse you know the infamy of duncan rompa right so like it is definitely like i think the show has done a good job of setting itself up for having a lot of twists right like 
there like like this could go multiple ways and i think i don't think any of us would be like necessarily caught off guard we would just be like okay yeah you could do that like i mean how high are the odds that swindler is actually an right like that's the thing like that that's one of the very first theories fans came up with is like Oh, Swindler is probably more in on this than she's letting on, because... But I, I think that speaks to the aesthetic of the show as a whole, in the sense that it's not necessarily innovative, but it is so good at doing the things it does that you don't yeah. really mind, because the, the joy is in seeing how they will get there, rather than where they're totally. going, to a certain extent. Yeah. Right. There would, ha- it would I think with Swindler, like it would have to be something more ridiculous than just... She's fooling everybody because we've seen her like inner monologue where I she's mean, still like questioning things, right? So like, I'll, I'll just say that here. I'm not sure I necessarily believe this, but one of the most common fan theories from people who have played the Duncan Rumpa games is that is this uh, going to be split personality? Either the, well, she no, swindled the main, herself. the The main theory is that she gave herself amnesia. Right. Sure. So like the idea is, you know, she very... like she she cut off the <laughs> like, arm and sewed it on, and then used hypnosis and uh-huh. nano machines. Yeah. You know, right, that's, a very, yeah. that's a very I've played Danganronpa and think it will do the same twist. Right, like basically, ah, she like gave her she's the original mastermind, but then gave herself amnesia to give herself a truly like objective right. uh, a, a take on on the the the, the, the case, I, and like maybe the cat is like was like a drone or like some sort of AI given explicit orders from her before she gave herself amnesia. Right. uh, (laughs) I kind of hope it doesn't, but I'm just saying that's, that's one of the prevalent fan theories. I don't, I would probably be fine with it, but I kind of hope it doesn't go that way. We'll see. But, um, what happens if she's actually secretly like 70 years old (laughs) because she didn't time travel. She just, (laughs) yeah, there's, but I think because they've opened up this whole like world of possibility right. here, and you, you don't really know what yeah. what they're gonna like like you know they're gonna like we knew they were gonna succeed with the heist, but like you don't know how they're gonna get there right. or like I mean, what's gonna happen. To, to return, you know we don't we don't know when the hot cops aren't gonna bust through the wall with their lightsabers again. Like you know it's. <laughs> I mean to return to the point I started on, you know what I'm impressed by is how well they've built the world out and how much that makes me interested in things beyond just, like, the basic heist because, again, you know, by establishing this weird world of haves and have-nots and, like, this holy bullet train and all that kind of stuff, you know, it makes me interested (laughs) in, like, what they're going to say to, to, like, to use this weird, fucked-up society, what they're going to say about it and what they're going to do with it. No, I I totally agree. Like, I think... It's a weird situation of, like, yeah, like, for as, like, you know, as much as we can say, ah, this show is so dumb, like, what a, you know, fun, dumb show, like. It's kind of not, though. <laughs> I'm, leg- I'm legitly, I'm legit interested in, like, the world building, like, the the lore, quote unquote, like, I would say that, like, it's not really comparable, but, like, in many ways, this show kind of gives me the same vibes as, um, um, as Double Decker. Sure, uh, okay. In, in the sense of, like, yeah. This is a show, this is a dumb show written by smart people, or at least it feels that way, like... I mean, in a, like, in a, semi, it, in a very similar vein, um, you know, Babuki Buranki was the thing I cited. Sure, like, 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 tonally it's ridiculous, tonally it's a little simple, but, like, it's clearly, like, being handled by people who have a very, like, strong, confident grasp on the story they're trying to tell. It's not like they just stumbled into this, like, it's really tight execution yeah. like this was this is 
this is you what they intended. You have oh, to be no, no, very this, smart this is... to be this good at being stupid. <laughs> right. Like this this was this was calculated dumbassery. Right. Which is the best kind, but uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, shout outs to the uh, the fucking puppet. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> segment. Edutainment. Talk TV. Edutainment. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's learn about the great Kanto Kanzai oh. War of Long Past or whatever. <laughs> that's that's almost that's almost as good as the uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront. Uh, oh, that's some of the their explanations. Up, uh, like the ketchup bar. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, that's very good. Uh... Go watch that show. If you're listening and don't know what we're talking about, go watch uh, Blood Blood. How's that show not gotten to season three yet? I know, right? Hashtag free. Rie Matsumoto. Right. What, what is what Whatever. Is, she's been making she mad bank Pokemon doing Pokemon videos. videos. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's fine, but fuck that. I want, I want Blood Blockade Battlefront back, man. Yeah. Uh, All right. I mean... I don't free bones. I don't really even have anything bad to say about Akudama Drive. Well, like it's... May- maybe it's not like the highest bar of uh, you know like the deepest right. like most artistic uh, whatever. But no, but I'm having fun. But it's not yeah. trying to be like yeah. it, it's doing exactly and, what it's and again, setting out to you do. Know, and it's in, a lot of fun. It's why it is. It is you know they are doing good writing and good characterization. You know I mean totally right with. In the, within the framework, of the yeah, show within that the framework of this doing, action yep. heist show, you know, I think the writing is sharp. I think the characters are interesting, and they've done a good job of handling such a large cast and giving a giving everyone little moments to shine, you know. And I, th- I think overall, again, you know, the writing is good. It's a stupid show, but the writing is good. Totally, like I, I legitimately believe that if the show can keep up this pace, like we will all genuinely care about these characters by the end of this show, like. Despite the fact that they are these absurd cyberpunk like pastiche archetypes, like I think, assuming again, fingers crossed that they, it can maintain this level of quality, quality, we will be genuinely invested in these characters by the end. Check, check the space yeah. in two weeks where the show has completely collapsed in on itself. Oh yeah, yeah. Come back two weeks from now when they have the arc where uh, they let slavery happen. <laughs> God. Well, let's I hope let's not. just. <laughs> Let's enjoy this moment while we have it. At least these guys have the advantage of being terrible people to start with. So fair enough. Yeah, man, fair just enough. got a sentence of five hundred million years. Five hundred billion yeah. years. All right. Well, hopefully that can maintain pace because we need. Uh, we need this is our last one... season of the year. We need oh, anime God. of the year contenders. Yeah. So uh, we, need, we need at least one good show this season. We gotta pad. We gotta pad those lists. There's always out, one. So There's always one good show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of these other shows I think are good, but they're not there's, like I think. I think they're going to be more. I think shows there's good shows. Niche yeah. interest, there's, but like, like if you like that kind of show, you like it type yeah. of thing. Whereas I feel like yeah. everybody should. If you like anime, you should watch. There, uh, there's always one which comes uh, out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, all right. that's going to do it for this episode then. Um, and just to do our housekeeping, uh, you can. Follow us or check us out at theglorioblog.com. So you can, we have all our other first looks up there. There's a lot of shows that we wrote about and watched but didn't have time to talk about on the podcast. So uh, go ahead and check that out. I, I did a post that kind of, uh, that's just a big link dump, basically. <laughs> so you can uh, check that out. Maybe I'll uh, link it in the show notes. And uh, if you follow us on Twitter at the Glorio, at the Glorio blog. 
and you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean. The list is growing. And also you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And that's going to do it. We'll see everybody next time. Cool.